Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. The United States Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, the landmark ruling which protected abortion rights at a federal level. This comes after a leaked draft back in May which suggested that the court was about to curtail rights to bodily autonomy. The ruling has raised questions about the future of abortion rights in Aotearoa, which were strengthened only as recently as 2020 when abortion rights were decriminalised and no longer required a mental health test. National Party leader Chris Luxon has gone on the record as saying if he were Prime Minister, abortion rights would not be touched by his government. This comes after he previously went on the record as saying he believed abortion rights, uh, sorry, abortion was equivalent to murder. This overturning also throws into question the civil rights protected by other landmark rulings, such as gay marriage. Associate Justice of the Supreme Court Clarence Thomas has come out saying he believes that the court should review cases such as Oberfell v. Hodges, which ruled that gay marriage was protected by the Constitution. This morning I spoke to Professor Anik Masilo, Professor of Law at the University of Canterbury, about the court's decision and its implications. Yeah, first things first, how will this ruling impact abortion rights and access in the United States? So um, so the U.S. does not have a federal law that guarantees abortion. So they, um, legis- the, the, the Supreme Court decision 50 years ago uh, in Roe versus Wade um, was creating a, a floor, if you want, a basic right, a guaranteed right, a federal constitutional right to abortion. So in Dobbs, um, the ultra-conservative uh, uh, Supreme Court has now overturned this um, um, guaranteed floor, if you want. And so um, this means that you have a loss of the federal guarantee uh, rights to abortion and uh, so that the states can now legislate and restrict abortion as they want and so there'll be two sorts of like restriction. There'll be access to abortion, restriction around abortion. So there is about 23 states that have already decided that they want to restrict abortion. Uh, some of them have already adopted trigger bans. So that means that trigger bans, sorry. So that means that as soon as Roe was adopted, um, the, the, the restriction come into place. Um, so in Kentucky, in Louisiana, in South Dakota, for, for example, there is an immediate uh, effect, uh, an immediate ban on abortion. In other states like Idaho, Tennessee, Texas, uh, law will go into effect in 30 days from the judgment. Um, so there'll be restriction on the access to abortion, but there'll also be some restriction on the performance of abortion in some states. So, for example, in Oklahoma and in Texas, uh, the legislation uh, creates a felony for, uh, for performing abortion. And then you have about thir- 13 states that have uh, reinforced their legislation or have guaranteed uh, the right to abortion. Uh, so um, by, for example, um, requiring that uh, um, insurance, health insurance will have to cover costs uh, linked to abortion or they have expanded the number of providers of abortion. Uh, they're also protecting travel and they're also creating ban against extradition for people who will have, you know, facing, will be facing criminal law um, in other states. So at the end, this creates a U.S. in two sort of like speed. Some states will have access to abortion, some won't. Um, and ultimately, it creates inequalities between the poorest uh, women or the poorest family and the more rich family that will be able to travel and access abortion 
So this is this is really the the what what will happen immediately in the US. Um, and so could we see some other important or landmark cases that have gone through the Supreme Court reviewed in a similar way? Yes, so that's really interesting. Uh, that's a really interesting question. It's something that preoccupies uh, that a lot of people are preoccupied with. So the majority opinion uh, written by Justice Alito says that um, there is no there is no intention to touch any other precedent uh, that has been set up by the Supreme Court. Anything that is not um, connected to abortion is not at risk. However, Justice Thomas, who wrote. Uh, uh, another opinion in support of the majority opinion, but uh, but not in the majority opinion. Uh, he explicitly mentioned that there will be other cases that will be reconsidered. In particular, he talks about three cases that are really important. One of them is Greece World against Connecticut, which is a 1965 decision, which um, is kind of the mother of all of those decisions because it's the it's the decision that basically says that there is a constitutional right to the to privacy, and all these other cases have been based on this one. Uh, he mentioned Lawrence against Texas. It's a 2003 uh, decision which uh, legalized same-sex activities, um, and Oberfell against Hodges. Uh, it's a 2015 decision which legalized same-sex marriage. So all of those um, decisions are obviously at risk. Um, but the conservators are not at the end of their fight. I would I would argue that um, uh, federal law prohibiting abortion—that's what—that's the ultimate goal in relation to abortion. But other rights linked to um, linked to um, um, reproductive rights are at risk: uh, contraception, sexual education in school, same-sex marriage, um, even even the right to interracial marriage. All of those rights are at risk. And ultimately, I think there is an, a, a larger agenda um, beyond reproductive, reproductive rights. We've already seen this week a, a, a court decision, a Supreme Court decision on uh, broadening the rights to the, the rights linked to gun, uh, so uh, the rights to bear arms in public. Uh, and also, uh, we are expecting a decision from the Supreme Court in relation to environmental issues and the ability for states to um, to 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 restrict those um, um, environmental um, um, restriction, if you want. So all these decisions, why why are they being reviewed? Are they are they politically motivated or? So so those decisions are not being reviewed at the moment. This is what we expect is about to come. So there mm-hmm. is there is in fact there is a there is a political agenda there is a very conservative agenda and this is linked to one of the questions you were asking me uh, about whether we should um, uh, consider whether whether it's it, it, it's um, it's the, the the best way to have political appointments in terms of the judiciary um, should we have political appointments and in times when uh, you have a, a populist um, government or a populist wave, uh, it's obviously quite um, uh, problematic to have um, uh, judicial appointments that are political. Um, an election of judges is maybe one of the solutions, but there are other ways forward in terms of um, uh, adopt, uh, in terms of uh, appointing judges. Um, in uh, in in Europe, a lot of the judges are uh, professional judges, so they've trained. They've gone to school, they've done exam, and so they're they're almost civil servants in that way. There is much less political implication in this. 
So what we see in the U.S. is really a political um, uh, involvement of judi the judiciary and the or, uh, a political not involvement, but uh, over taken up. The, the, the judiciary has been taken over by the political will, if you want. Is there a chance that we could see a different case in which abortion rights in the U.S. could be protected at the federal level? So, no, in the short term, um, I don't think there is any way forward. The only option at this point would probably be to be to have a federal law that uh, restore a guaranteed right for women to uh, have a right to abortion. Uh, however, since uh, Roe against Wade was decided, um, no legislation has ever um, been adopted or was able to be adopted to this codification of reproductive rights at federal level in the U.S. is very unlikely in the short term in any case. Um, there is almost no opportunities for a challenge uh, to the Supreme Court of this ruling or the representation of the uh, constitutional argument again in front of the Supreme Court. They will just not accept it. And if, even if it were to be re-argued, um, uh, they would just rule in the same way, I would assume. Um, the only way forward would be to minimize the rulings, the effect of the ruling. So this uh, will take place through various legal dealing. Uh, some of the, some of it will uh, involve the FDA, so the the uh, federal um, uh, um, agency that uh, um, uh, approve medication in the U.S. So they've approved medication, and then some states will want to restrict access to those medications for abortion, and it's very likely that there will be some legal issue around that. Um, in each state, there will be challenges. Uh, there will be constitutional challenges where uh, people will argue that in the Constitution, all of those constitutions include the right to equality and uh, freedom. So there will be those state challenges, federal state challenges, not federal, um, constitutional uh, challenges. And then private company, uh, many private companies have already stated that they will provide for their employees to be able to travel safely, uh, to be able to access legal and safe abortion. And then there is um, a lot of civil um, society action at present, uh, in particular in relation to facilitating access to information, to travel, to access to medication, um, just general support. So there is there is quite a lot of things that are being done on the ground, but it's it's relatively grim uh, when you don't have a legal right, a real, a, a, a legal access to those, uh, to those rights. And so, thinking now about the process of judicial review, um, some scholars have been questioning this for years. Um, does this, does this overturning of Roe v. Wade, you know, should we reconsider the judicial review process? So, well, I, I'm not against this uh, uh, judicial review. I think. Um, so in the U.S. and in many um, states, what you have is you have a constitution, which is the supreme law. Uh, and um, and then in the supreme law, you have a, a list of guaranteed rights. And whenever, so in the U.S., it's a federal state. So whenever a state uh, will um, um, legislate um, in contradiction to those fundamental rights, there is a way to judicial review and to and to, uh, to to strike down those legislation. Um, in New Zealand, we don't have judicial review because, uh, or generally, I mean, we do have a little bit, but not so much um, because parliament uh, has sovereignty. Parliament is the ultimate 
uh, lawmaker. And so we don't have one um, legislation that is above the other one that gives us a guarantee of fundamental rights. Um, in the U.S., the problem is not so much around um, judicial review, but it's about how it's been twisted in this particular case by this ultra-conservative Supreme Court. So it's been twisted in a way that is quite perverse. Uh, so there are two legal arguments they put forward. One of them uh, says that only things, only rights that are guaranteed in the Constitution can be protected by the Supreme Court. And so they're saying that there is no 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 mention of abortion in this constitution obviously the constitution was drafted at the end of the 17th century so obviously there is no right to abortion in this constitution but also at the same time there is no mention of women in this constitution so it's you know it's um you know it's to be pondered um the other argument is that well, the rights can only be protected if they are deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition. And um, again, um, the short history of the U.S. Um, shows that women were not citizens for the majority of that history. And so if we're looking at the history of the, of the U.S. and we're thinking about the, you know, the personhood of women, in this history, they've been longer non-citizen than they have been citizen. And so therefore, it opens a whole lot of very worrying uh, reasoning around, you know, like who, uh, what, what is what is the historical and traditional, um, uh, um, you know, background of this nation and what, you know, on, what can we build from that? And do we want to return to the late 17th century? That's to be seen. <laughs> And should we be concerned from this ruling about abortion rights here in Aotearoa as well? So I'm personally always worried about uh, those sorts of uh, rights. I think it's um, yeah, it's it's always to be uh, something to be worried. Um, what I would say is that uh, the New Zealand um, abortion reform is relatively new. Uh, it's only two years old, um, so we need to keep vigilant. Um, it, um, I mean, I think we, I, I read with a little bit of relief the pledge by uh, Christopher Luxon that um, he will not touch abortion law. Um, however, we've also seen those Supreme Court lying on the oath and then, you know, you know, so, so those sorts of pledge are a little bit, I don't know, they're, yeah, I'm a little bit dubious, especially because I see that a large number of national MP and um, New Zealand First MP voted against the decriminalization of abortion in New Zealand. So I'm always a little bit worried about those rights because I think they are not rights that are, um, they, they're not guaranteed forever. We have to fight for them. Um, I also think that um, on a global level, uh, this decision of Roe uh, versus Wade is really important because the U.S. in all of its um, AIDS, humanitarian AIDS and, and development AIDS uh, links this, um, you know, the AIDS that it distributes to uh, to this right to abortion. So any um, any uh, project that is um, dealing with women um, that has any touch with abortion uh, is refused and has been for years now refused uh, funding from the U.S. Uh, on the basis that is it's linked with abortion. So I think. You know, like so, th this decision is important because it, you know, it it um, it voices a view that uh, we didn't think was possible, and therefore I think it's 
worrying for New Zealand as well. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.